Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 520 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for September 2023. And mate, I'm going to start this one off with a new sound drop. How about that? Go for it. <laughs> because I have some kissed news. didn't get a word of that <laughs> i'm gonna be pressing it a few more times so you might be... maybe i'll i think he said let's go at the end but other than that it was oh. just incredibly high-pitched paul stanley okay let's see if you get it next time because um this is this year is the 25th anniversary the 22nd of september to be precise of psycho circus being released 25 Jeez. years ago mate fucking hell i know that's crazy isn't it Fucking hell. Just make you feel old, doesn't it? <laughs> the album that promised so much. The reunion, all four original members together. And then it was just a Gene and Paul project. <laughs> and yeah, I it. mean, it gave us the song Psycho Circus, which mm. is good. Yeah. And was was Within off that album? Within was on it. I like, um, I also like, I do like We Are One that's on it as well. Yeah. And even though it's really cheesy, I do like You Wanted the Best as well. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't promise what it delivered. No, no it, it didn't deliver what it promised. But, no, um, it didn't. Paul, how was the tour? I'm assuming you were on, you went on the tour. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, I saw them a few dates on the tour. Retirement tour, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was really good. Um, because it was it was in 3D, but you know, aren't most tours in 3D? But this was where in certain <laughs> in certain points you put on 3D glasses that you give you, and the big screens on either side of the stage uh, showed video footage. And to be fair, it was quite impressive. Uh, you know, I don't right. know if it was dependent on where you stood or sat, depending on, you know, what part of the, the arena you were in. But it, I remember uh, on a few occasions where it really did come out of the screens at you. It was a really good 3D effect that happened right. in it. So, yeah, the tour, the tour was really good. It was just sort of in retrospect, the album should have been, you know, it's all four, write your songs, sing your songs. And it was like, no, Gene and Paul take control. And that was it. You know, Ace and Peter had not much to do with it. That was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah so that was, tw yeah, 25 years ago. So, moving on, more Kiss news. I said, honey, there ain't no pistol, that's my love gun! Okay, I got it now. <laughs> that ain't no pistol, that's my love gun. <laughs> God, he didn't say, I was, I was convinced he said, let's go at the end. <laughs> wow, that's the only bit I thought I got. Oh, yeah, he said, honey, that ain't no pistol. So we move on talking from talking about his dick. <laughs> it is just in case anybody didn't realize. Yeah, Love Gun. It's, <laughs> it's about Paul's dick. That's it. That's it. Behind uh, the music. <laughs> <laughs> in depth into Love Gun. Just in case you didn't realize. This is uh this year is the thirty-fifth. We go on from the twenty-fifth to the thirty-fifth anniversary of Donington in nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, we talked about it before. It's like me and Ike went there. Um, for new listeners, Ike's my mate since we were aged 11. The 1988 lineup for Donington was Iron Maiden headlining, Kiss as the special guests, David Lee Roth, Megadeth, uh, Guns N' Roses, Halloween. 107,000 people there, mate. And it, this is back in the day when it was one stage. And that yeah. was it. 107,000 people watching one stage. 
Uh, unfortunately, though, it was also marred by because it was really muddy. It pissed down like for days before. Mm. Uh, this is when two young lads were killed during the Guns N' Roses set. Donington was cancelled for a year after that. So obviously, you know, that's that huge uh, mark on it that most people remember it for that, unfortunately. Um, me and Ike remember it. Like I said, we watched Kiss and then we went to his car and fell asleep while Iron Maiden were on. No, actually, we, we did We did watch the first song that Iron Maiden did and then we went to his car, fell asleep and were woken up by the fireworks at the end of the show. Well, you could have, I'm sure I said it before, you, you know, you didn't want to see Maiden, you could have just got in the car and beat the traffic home. We couldn't. We were blocked in, mate. It was awful because there was that many people. Oh. And we were parked on the ground. We were just completely blocked in. Otherwise, we would have gone home. <laughs> Had to wait for everyone to fucking. Oh, oh you fucking Iron Maiden fans blocking us in, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to a little bit more kiss news. Just to feel even older. The None eight. of this is news, though, is it? <laughs> it's just an excuse to play that sound drop, this, this is just like, this is the anniversary of when Kiss did this. <laughs> but this is That's 80s. So this is 80s, because it's the 40th anniversary. <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> 18th of September, 1983, when Kiss unmasked on MTV. 40 years ago, when they first took the makeup off. Well, the first and only time they took the makeup off. Before they started their run on the best period, as we both agree yeah, with, mate. The greatest, greatest kiss for best kiss. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that does make it. One last time, kiss news. Lick it up. For 40 years since Lick It Up was released. So Kiss have, have done this 40th anniversary final release of it, which I haven't bought, got to be honest. Oh. Um, but that was the first gig that I went to as well, the Lick It Up tour. So it's like, fucking hell, it's like 40 years since I went to that gig. Oh, no, that is ridiculous. And does make me feel old. So, yeah, there we go. Oh, that's uh, still not up to much this month. I am going to press that button, mate. Don't you worry. I was going to say, like, you just keep pressing the kiss button. Like, oh, still, I can't be busy this month. He's got me. He's had to get the kiss button in so we can just celebrate anniversaries every episode. Here we go then. Sly news. Yo, Polly. <laughs> it wasn't a request. <laughs> well, it's too late now. I've pressed it, uh, and there's only the one because I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if you saw the video, mate. But Sly went and visited uh, Italy, and he. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I think I sent you it he, at one point. If you yeah, had already seen it, he shadow boxed with the Pope. He it's, did. It's like what the fuck? Actually, sound drop time. Hey, yo, what the fuck? Rocky shadow boxes with the Pope. <laughs> God, yeah. Come on. Imagine if he fucking slipped and just sparked him out. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> or if, I it was, still... if it was the other way and the Pope, like, just decked slide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still, like, my favourite bit of that video, like I said to you and Tina, when I, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people sent it to you, but, um, like, he's introducing his wife and his kids and stuff. And then he introduces Frank. And then, like, I was just like, fucking, I didn't even notice he was there. <laughs> and then, like, the Pope's not having it. He's talking to their wife and daughters. And he says, like, he has to say, like, two or three times. It's like, Frank, Frank. Like, no one cares. <laughs> Pushing him to the front. Go on, look, he's here. <laughs> oh, dear. 
It's good though. It's it's nice when Sly goes to Italy, mate. He can, he can meet the Pope. He can go into the Sistine Chapel and have that to himself. He can get into the bits of the Vatican that nobody can get to. It's not bad, is it? Could have shot the Expendables there. Well, yeah, we'll get onto that a bit later. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just because there's only one Stallone news item does not, you know, there's going to be a lot more Sly talk. There, oh, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should really press that button before we get onto that talk later. But yeah, we shall move on onto onto you, mate. What what would you like to begin this show with? Onto me. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Yes, yes. What have I been, as usual, what have I been up to? Not a lot, like, really? That's unusual um, for you. Come on. I'm just looking back. When did we last record? We were supposed to record last week, but mm. technical problems. I'm just quickly having a, a look back. Um, oh my God, it's been a bit quiet. I know, and you missed a gig-tastic the last few shows, and you've been, like, fucking gigs all the time. I think I wrote down when we last did the podcast. I keep my diary here, and I normally write podcast in it, so I know when to start from. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Um, well, gigs, like like as in music, mm. nothing's in biscuit. Um it's just been a bit quiet. There's not really been a lot on I've wanted to see. I booked um, a couple of gigs for next year. I'm going to see Mr. Big on their sort of farewell tour. Cool. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, just booked uh, to see Tenacious D today. Oh, where were they playing? Uh, not London, because they played VO2 uh, back in July. I was aw- or was it August? Anyway, I was away for a weekend, uh, so I couldn't go. But yeah, so I'll be going to Brighton to see them. Oh, nice. Which is basically like it's only like a fifty minutes train from London, so I'll probably yeah. get a hotel, stay over, that'd be good. Oh, nice little trip. Yeah, yeah, but um yeah, not a lot. Um I've got quite a bit coming up. I'm just uh we'll talk about this next month because to cover it all, uh yesterday was the first my first event at the London Film Festival. Yeah. Uh which was the new David Fincher film. But um got a lot coming up with that in the next week and a half. But we'll talk about that next time when I talk about it all. But Big one tomorrow will be uh, the uh, Martin Scorsese in conversation with event. Oh, my God. That'll be amazing. He's, he's directed a film or two. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I might have seen one. Yeah, so that, that's going to be good. But, yeah, a lot of film. I think eight films in total. There's talk. Um, yeah, lots coming up there. Um, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like not a lot. Um, went to see Auntie Donna with a friend, which is if you've seen their Netflix show. That was fun. Um, uh, Hammersmith, just yeah, not a lot. So, um, did a sort of went to a sort of uh interview, sort of like career retrospective for Brian Cox. That was quite oh, interesting, good. yeah, yeah. Then, um, they um, uh, so he did an intro to Manhunter. Um, yeah, it was Mark Mode who was um talking to him, so that was yeah. really good. And obviously, Manhunter, classic. Oh, yeah, um, so yeah, but not like what I've been doing, not. Not too much, I suppose, after that massive gig month or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just not really been that many gigs on. I'm seeing Queens of the Stone Age next month. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, a bit of a bit of a quiet spell, or well, except for the London Film Festival stuff, which yeah, is going to yeah. be mad, literally in central London every day next week. So um, yeah, I'm doing, a good dub- I'm doing a good double bill at the Prince Charles. Nothing to do with the London Film Festival, but have you ever seen um, Stop Making Sense? No. No, I'm not the only one then, good. I mean, I like Talking Heads <laughs> as well, but I've never seen it, and it's like purported to be the greatest concert movie slash documentary ever, and I'm just, I've never seen it, and mm. as you might know, I've just re-released it, so uh, oh, I'm going to okay. go finally go and see that, yeah. and um, 
double billet with uh, <coughs> Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a, a bit of an obscure double bill right there. I love my obscure double bills. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can't beat them. But yeah, not a lot to report, really. No, it's like I said, though, mate, isn't it? You know, if you know people listening have listened to the last few shows that we've done, you've been really fucking busy with stuff. So I think you're due well, I mean, a quiet month. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, the odd thing here and there, but nothing full on until this coming week coming up. But um, I mean, it's two years now this week since I moved to London. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I think it's fair to say I've made the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> you've done, mate, you have fitted so much into these two years. Like it's crazy uh, when you add up everything that you did while you lived in Norwich would probably not add up to the stuff you've no, done in the, in the no, two years in London. Uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't. And I was in Norwich for like ten or eleven years. Um, yeah, um, I had a point, but it's <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say something. So much of what um, you've done, thankfully, has been eighties related, though, that we could talk about in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, saying how much I packed in, you know, there was, you know, there were some stretches because you know what. You know, there was no gigs and yeah, stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. Was fast. I remember um, 2021 into 2022, you know, like it was like the first gig I went to in 2022 was that Tangerine Dream one at the uh, 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 Forum. Um, or, no, sorry, the Roundhouse. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was like four months without any gigs because, you know, because yeah. of you know what. And then, you know, I think I was there wearing a mask and then it just, just didn't stop after that so so yeah it's been full on mm. and it will continue to be full on until i drop <laughs> that's lots more stuff to talk about going forward that's for sure um, yes um, and there's um and there's also a hellraiser related shindig my friend and i'll be going to later this month yes. for a podcast uh-huh. for a website um or i don't even know if it is for a website i don't really know what it is <laughs> it's in a bar in a pub in east london and it's arrow's release of hellraiser on 4k um i don't think they're screening it um i know but you know what mate? Me a box set and i'll be on my way <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm so interested to know we got offered this event for review and of course you being our man in london sent stuff to you and you go yeah i'll, I'll go to that but like you said, neither of us know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm like really looking forward. I'll take one. I mean, I'm not like <laughs> as you as you know, I'm not a massive fan of Hellraiser. I mean, I like Hellraiser free, and obviously mm. the best in the franchise is Hellworld, which I'll be of telling course. anyone who will listen there at that event. <laughs> yeah, I know Cop Two. Keep keep plugging Hellworld, mate. Yeah, the Cop Two spinoff. <laughs> this is what the franchise needs, obviously. The Cop Two Cop spinoff. Two. Yeah. You know, we've got three Exorcist films being forced on us, you know, in the next three years. Like, yeah. Where's the, where's the Cop 2 cinematic universe? Exactly. Listen, we need to start, you know, sort of a, a petition to start it, a GoFundMe, anything, just to get it going. Yeah. They paid $400 million for the rights for The Exorcist. And, you know, the first one's supposed to be utter shit. Um, I mean, Believer, not obviously the Friedkin. Um, hmm. But you wouldn't have to give you that much money for your rights to Cop 2. No, it'd be fine. A little less. Yeah, I'll, tell, I'll take a little under 400 million. Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, mate, I'm going to get this out of the way because I think we should do. It's always good to get the, you know, the not-so-happy news out of the way, so I'm going to press this button now. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> 
sticking sort of with Hellworld, we were just talking about. Um, yes. Jean Boat, age 91, UK actress over here, who was in the, uh, the comedy show Bread that ran from 1986 to 91. She passed mm. away, which, of course, in it as well. <laughs> Starred Victor. I was going to say, she wasn't in fucking Hell World. Right? <laughs> then I remembered what she was in. <laughs> also in Bread was Victor Maguire, who I was, was in. Cop One. He was Cop One, who was in. We shared the trailer together. If people have listened to my Hell World uh, podcast show, have a listen to that. So, yeah, she passed away uh, age 91. Uh, also, age 90, David McCallum, mate. Yeah. Oh. It was. What's his link to Hell World? We could do like a Six Degrees of Dave instead of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> try and find. We should do that. If anybody that dies, try and find sort of like, yeah. I mean, he had some big names in, in Hell World. You know, Henry oh, Cavill. Yeah. Vance Henriksen. I mean, Victor yeah. McGuire, we joke, but that yeah. that gets you into a lot of the British side. Yeah. So. Catherine Winnick. She's big now. She's in loads of TV stuff yeah. and everything. So, yeah. That guy who you I'm sorry, that guy, I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name, who you met up with at that convention. <laughs> that guy, he was in Walking Dead. Curry Payton, yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Oh, there's loads. <laughs> so, yeah. Six Degrees of Dave. That's it. Everything yeah. links back to Hell World. That's it. Everything, always, anything always links back to Hell World, mate. <laughs> but, but David McCallum, 80s stuff, obviously Sapphire and Steel that ran from 79 to 82. I loved watching that, Sapphire and Steel, when that was on. Um, I think, I'm not sure if it, it could be on the website or it could have been on the old 80s Pitch House website, but I'm pretty sure we got sent the series for review at some point because I remember re-watching it and it was really good. Um, it's up there in your, in with all your discs somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, there's so many. Can't bloody find any. Uh, th there's only one more, mate. Age 68, Jack Sonny, uh, known as the other guitarist in Dire Straits during the band's Brothers in Arms era. And that's it. That's it. Thankfully, yeah. here's me disappointed. Oh, there's only three people dies. Yeah, only three. <laughs> it's a bit shit, isn't it? Better luck next time. <laughs> Moving on to happier news. The other week, uh, two weeks ago, actually, me and Tina went to Manchester and watched Aid Edmondson live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, strong gate is linked there. Young young ones, comic strip, all that kind of stuff. Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, of course. Um, and he was really good. There's a great review on the website. Oh, it's really good. If you ha if people haven't read it, go to our website, go to the search button, type in Aid Edmondson, and have a read of Tina's review because it is a cracking review. Yeah, and especially if you've got like um like perceptions about how Aid Edmondson is now, like myself. Um, yeah, he might be pleasantly proven wrong. Yeah. You know, and we were. It was a really good night. He was on stage for two hours, just him by oh, himself, nice. uh, just with a 20-minute interval. And, yeah, oh, just so entertaining. I'm going to say no more apart from go to the website and have a read of Tina's review. And, uh, yeah, I think the tour's still going on, actually, as we, we record on the 6th of October. I'm pretty sure the tour's still going on. So if uh, is in and around your area, get a ticket and you won't be disappointed. It was really good. Oh, right. What else have I got in my notes? Okay. Bonnie Tyler. Can you believe, mate? Bonnie Tyler is 72 now. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I can believe. <laughs> uh, an, an early inductee into the OAP Hall of Fame, obviously. Oh, well done. Um, 
on the September the 28th, she had her book released straight from the heart. Uh, nice. And 2023 is the 40th anniversary of the single Total Eclipse of the Heart. Fucking something else to make you feel old. It's like, shit. Uh, she's got her European tour cool. starts today as we record on the 6th of October. It begins in Germany and it runs through Europe oh, for the next few months. Does it run through the UK? or no, we... no UK dates at the moment because if any are announced... I'd like to get tickets for it if there's any around here. Or yeah, that would be good. It but, would be good. Or if you know, if she only does London, and we were you know offered review stuff for London, it'd be good for you to go there, there, mate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope, I hope she does, but I hope it's hopefully we're not being left out because everyone hates us, <laughs> especially Europe. I mean, good. I mean, good grief! It's the. Uh, it's a Tory party conference over here. I'm not getting you too political, don't worry. I'm getting it's a Tory party <laughs> conference. So, like, if, if there's anyone left in the rest of the world that didn't hate us, this week's pretty much caught, you know, uh, scooped the rest of them up now. Yeah, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. E- even we hate ourselves now after that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I already did, but, uh, yeah, Jesus, what? <laughs> yeah, if it couldn't get any worse, yeah, it does. There you go. Uh, shall we move on to, mate? Um, because I did ask, and we'll do it, I did it a few months ago, about if you could only ever listen to five movie scores, which five would you pick? Mm. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's. Go on, then. Do you want to begin? Can you see me? I've got a camera on, but can you actually see me? Yeah, I can see you. Hello. I didn't have to turn it off. Hello. Um, You don't have to be naked while we record. (laughs) I'll just just say that. I mean, if I was, I'd just blend in with this fucking wall, wouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> renting isn't it like yeah. beige talking you, of, what, what talking color of, what color is your beige what color was your last room six degrees of kevin bacon you know if you were naked mate you'd be you would look yeah, like hollow man you'd be you yeah, would be invisible you'd just, you'd just see a fucking mallet and a tash hovering in midair against uh, the background <laughs> Okay, scores. Go on then. Okay, so I was just like, like, I was looking at the ones I'd chosen, and I was just like, oh, I'd chosen four, um, and I was just like, God, there's nothing like classical, you know, like mm. orchestra on here. Oh, um, okay. So um, I was like, I better do what? Because there's so many like pieces of music, the yeah. movie, likes like, um, like the theme from Jurassic Park, but like, yeah. have I sat down and listened to the entire score? I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, like and even stuff like the theme from Home Alone. You know, I think that's, I think I've just named two John Williams. Um, <laughs> you know, na, 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 you know all yeah. that. You know, like yeah. I like the individual pieces, like the main theme or the main theme from Predator, and you know the, yeah. you know the main theme from Terminator or RoboCop or Conan and like that. But I'm just like, I've never sat down and listened to the entire score album i'm just like i'm not sure which isn't a great start to this section but uh <laughs> there are scores i have <laughs> anyway i thought one i did have um, again and it's john williams who would be a bit, a bit weird if you didn't include john williams on the thing about scores was i've chosen superman 1978 superman oh no oh god yeah good choice yeah so uh, that's my one um are we, are we bouncing between us well we could do the thing is you know when we did the movie soundtracks and I said there was three immediate ones that I picked, you know, which is always going to be the same thing with Streets of Fire. Yeah. And then uh, The Warriors and then Trick or Treat. 
Yeah, I had three as well, funnily enough. This, again, three, immediately, straight okay. down. Well, do, you, do you want me to just do mine and then you do yours? Yeah, go on then, go on. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, so oh, next I was just like, well, I need John Carpenter on there, but what? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You could like, I, I said, I said, Escape from New York, but you could literally interchange that. Yeah. Tomorrow, before then, Halloween. Yeah. They live. You know, like it could be any. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was about to say the thing, but that was Morricone, not him. Um, but that was Morricone doing a John Carpenter impression on that score. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it could be any. I'll say Escape from New York just so I can say one, but. Just literally any. Um, he's also got a new album out today. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, he's re-recorded um, his some of his scores with his son um, and yeah. someone else uh, a few years ago. It's a, a sequel uh, to that. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, then uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, classic. Goblin. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Rocky Four. Vince DiCola's fantastic oh. score. Absolutely, that is one that I listen to a lot. The, synth, the score for uh, Rocky Four, yeah, just superb. Yeah. Synth, eighty synth glory. And then finally, um, in, in keeping with the electronic uh, side of things, Tron Legacy. Uh, uh, the score by Daft Punk uh, was superb. Uh, highlight was the song uh, "Derezzed," um, which is and they're in it as well, aren't they? In the nightclub scene, and that's I, what I don't know. I've only ever seen the film once, and you know what, mate? That's that's a film I'd really love to to rewatch. Yeah, I really enjoyed Tron Legacy, and it died on its ass. And now they're just only now are they doing another Tron film? And it's got fucking Jared Leto in it. I'm like, <laughs> why? Anyway, so there's my four: Rocky Four, Tron Legacy. Dawn of the Dead, Escape from New York, slash any other John Carpenter score. Nice. Superman. Nice. Well, two of those are on my list, mate. <laughs> Which is... I know. Um, yeah, I can guess. Well, you say them. I'll say yeah, them. I mean, my all-time favourite film is Dawn of the Dead. So mm. that score. Yeah. And I think we talked about it way back when. And there's a review of it again on the website. When I went to Manchester and Dawn of the Dead was playing and Goblin were on stage playing it live. I mean, oh my God. God, that was just a night never to forget. That was in, that was incredible to see, you know see the movie and Goblin playing that 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 score. Yeah, was that was, I was supposed to see that, wasn't I? Um, I, I went, to, I, went, I saw Goblin, um, and it was supposed to be the Dawn of the Dead with it playing, and then they switched it to Great Sits, and I was just like, oh well, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, and they still played half of the uh, score of Dawn of the Dead anyway. So, yeah. I was like, hey, well, yeah, we got the, some stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, did we? Yeah. So that yeah, that that was really good, and I was the same with you, mate, with John Carpenter. But I, I thought, right, no, I'm going to pick Escape from New York, like you did. If you, but again, it could be interchangeable with so many John yeah, Carpenter movies. Yeah, it's just literally yeah. from his big run of smash like any of them. Yeah, so yeah. so memorable, so good. Uh, mm. But but the first three, mate, immediately that I wrote down were all by Ennio Morricone. Ooh. Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, wow. Those three, oh, I have listened to those albums so many times over the years. They're incredible, each and every one of them. So even got the extended versions uh, on CD, and yeah, they're always my top three scores, those three movies. 
Well, we have. We had one person who got back to... I feel that this person should really have his own sound drop at this point. You know, he's, he's got, you know, the contractual obligation of what I have to say when I say his name, which is Ben Wyatt over in Tasmania, the Tasmanian Tees, 100% Tasmanian beef. Insert sound, <laughs> insert sound drop here that I should really sort out at this point. Uh, he what would it be? <laughs> he put my five movie scores are Evangelion, the Evangelion 2.22, you can, brackets, not, close brackets, advance. Now, I know he really loves the Evangelion movies. What? I've, ne- <laughs> I've never seen any of them. I'm sorry, Ben. I've never hey, seen- I, I know, if, I know if Evangelion's a thing, and Ben loves it, but what was that? So, yeah. You, 2.22, you cannot. Yeah, Evangelion, 2.22, you can, brackets, not, close brackets, advance. You cannot advance. Yeah, but the not is in brackets. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, it's just how you said it the first time. You can not advance. Okay. So I don't know what that is, obviously, because I've never seen any Evangelion movie, but that's the top of his list. I don't know what is 2.22. Ben, let us know. Send us an email. <laughs> what yeah, is, they, why is it called 2.23? Yeah. It's dragging out. Yeah. 2.23, coming soon. <laughs> also, Star Wars, A New Hope. Good one. Good one. I Just like wait that one. for them to be fucking doing 2.22. <laughs> is that a miniseries that they keep peddling? Uh, Interstellar. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Hateful Eight. And Twin Peaks: The Return. Oh, I should have put some Angelo Battlementi on there. Yeah. Oh, he's got you there, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Twi- Thank you again, Ben. Yes. I two point two two. Yeah. I will saw you. That should be a sound drop. Two point two two. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know we. I know. Before we get to the two movies, mate, we have got something that we want to talk about. Have you got anything else oh. that you want to bring up? Oh yeah, I was going to say if you. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've got yours, I mean, I think you you only put the request for scores up a couple of days ago. So if you've listened to this bit and you've got some scores you want to uh, suggest or send across, do so, you know, by retweeting, emailing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, Dave will give the details at the end. But yeah, please do. We'd like to hear yours. We would do, yeah. And of course, we'll read them out on the next show when we do the October show. Right then, mate. Shall I press this button again? You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Here we go. Yo, Polly! Oh, I thought you were going to be, what the fuck? <laughs> well, Considering what we're about to talk that, about. That will be pressed, mate, while we talk about this, trust me. Because Expend Four Balls is now out, and we both, we both saw it. Why the fuck did we do this? We both saw it on opening weekend. Me, of course, up here yeah. in Wales. You down there in London. Discuss. Expend four balls. I mean, we we're always going to see it, weren't we? So, of course, like, we, we were. Sort of yeah. back ourselves in a corner. You know, we have a. You know, we have, we'll go and see. Oh, I mean, God, just think back first, though, to how we were when Expendables came out, and how oh. we were when Expendables two came out, oh. and before Expendables three actually came out. How we were <laughs> before. I like how you phrase that. Yeah, before Expendables three came out. Yeah, but I mean, like, we always look back at, I know the, the premiere was a bit of a shambles in the end for everything that happened with you. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, just, you know, like, how many times you went to see it at the cinema? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, 
just swept up in everything, you know, just... And now we just got to a point before this one even came out, before there was a single review, before we'd even seen a trailer, we were just like, Ugh. Our expectations, mate, were so low. Like you said before, we saw the trailer or anything, which, which is pretty sad, really. <laughs> yeah, and I think expectation-wise, um, mine was so low that it wasn't... I mean, it was not good. We'll start there. But yeah. it was not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. There was some, like, maybe two elements that I didn't mind. <laughs> I mean, I gave, I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. I am questioning that now. I don't think I'd go one star, because you did. I went one I'd star, probably, yeah. I'd probably, if I re- rewatch it again, I won't. Um, <laughs> it, would be, it would be a one and a half, I think, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, I think I was being a bit too generous, but I mean, I could quickly cover the stuff that I, I liked. Yeah, what, <laughs> I mean, yeah, go on. What, we what did you like? Megan Fox is looking good, isn't she? <laughs> and I, I don't, I saw people, was it, I think it was Chris Howard mentioned like people on Twitter or wherever, like, like slating Megan Fox of all the things wrong with that film. I've just noticed my head in this camera is like disappearing out of shot. Um, of all the things Wrong with Expendables 4, Expendable Balls. Megan Fox probably isn't one of them. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that's particularly fair. Like I mean Megan Fox isn't De Niro or, you know, like Jodie Foster or, you know, um Jennifer Lawrence or anything like that, but um she isn't terrible. The only thing well say the main thing for me that was wrong with Megan Fox's character was everything that she went through, everything that she did, and she continued to look pristine. Her makeup, her hair. Apart apart from near the end, when there was just the faintest little, tiny little splatter of blood on her face. I I honestly (laughs) had no issue with of her appearance throughout the film, which is one of the things that got me through it, to be honest. Um, I wanted to see, like, you know, put all the, you know, the black makeup on and you, you're going in, you're in disguise and get covered in blood and really dive into it. No. And there was also, I mean, there are going to be spoilers in this conversation. So oh, if, you, yeah. if you haven't oh, seen it, I mean, just listen anyway, just don't go and see it, is the first point. So. Uh, you can't say that. You can't tell people <laughs> not. Is. Judge for yourself. You may get way more out of it than we do. If you've like never seen an action film before, well, you might fucking love it. Well, maybe so. <laughs> the thing you've is, never seen a film. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> it's the first film you've ever seen. You might like it. That's, that's five stars if it's the first oh. film you've ever seen. <laughs> but they did. They did sort of exploit Megan Fox. In the in the, like the last scene of the film, because well, it it ends in a bar, and she makes a grand entrance into the bar. She does, yes. I believe Mother Noise I made with. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, probably her, definitely did the ice on the nipples thing for that first yeah. shot when she come in. Right? Did okay. she? Could not have done that? Like because it's like, it was well. it was so obvious when she walked in in that white top, and it's like. You know, the bar was cold. The, the bar was really fucking cold. I mean, you could have hung your coat on her nipples as she walked into that first scene. But because in the next shot, like which is the same scene, so it, she walks into shot, and it's like fuck me nipples. And then there's a shot of like Barney Ross or somebody, and you know Jason Statham. And then it cuts back to her, and they've gone down. 
It was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was the coats fell to the floor, but it was so obviously used as to get, you know, to get the audience going, whoa, look at those. And then it was like, okay, we've got that shot now. You know, we don't need the ice anymore. I mean, I mean it was probably a continuity thing where they were just, you know, filming, you know, it takes a while. <laughs> Uh, what they used was a long time after the scene where she walked into the bar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, again, though, of all the problems with the film, the continuity on Megan Fox's nipples weren't. <laughs> I'm just glad they were there to, just at all. They, you know. Yeah. They made a they made a brief appearance near the end of the movie. Uh, anyway, the other thing. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't know why, and I don't like the word banter, as you know. Hmm. I think it's. Um, been destroyed by um, idiots, but the back and forth between Stallone and Statham, I know it's poorly written garbage, oh. but I've got a soft spot for it. <laughs> you, know, you can tell they like each other, yeah, yeah, but it's just like they don't talk like humans do, and I kind of just like I've got a soft spot for it. <laughs> oh my it's like God. Stallone's writing, and he's just like, and then there's just like, are you trying to fucking kill me? And you know all that. So it's just it's just like it's dreadful. But I've got a soft spot for it. And there were the two things I liked about the film. Because as a whole, the dialogue was fucking awful. It it was oh, yeah. terrible. Some of the lines in this were just like cringe inducing. And you could tell like Stallone wasn't didn't ghostwrite or write any of his dialogue because even you know you can tell a Stallone line like something he's written. Yeah. There's none of it. No. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, really, um, really strange that you know you you wouldn't be like you, you know he wouldn't Barney Ross wouldn't say it like this. He'd say it like this, but he didn't really get. I mean, mm. he wasn't in it a lot. Obviously, we'll get to that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was. It just struck me. It was just like, wow, he didn't really sound like a Stallone character, a Stallone written character. I know no. he didn't write the film, but yeah. And Andy Garcia, he his dialogue. Holy shit! He, I think. Oh, oh let's let's have the first. Hey yo, what the fuck? This cost a hundred million dollars. Like, what? Um, I think a lot of that went on having to rebuild the scenery because every time Andy Garcia was on on the set, he just chewed up the scenery, mate. His dialogue and his acting, he just chewed it all up. He went so over the top. But not good over the top. Not good over the top. And the lines he was coming out with were, oh, they were just laughable. I went to see it with Ramrod, and the amount of times we just, like, looked at each other with a surprised look on our face and then sort of burst out laughing and said... Quite literally, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are we uh, watching? Like, proper, somebody wrote this. Yeah, uh, like yeah, this wasn't written by AI either. Like <laughs> you'd think it was, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Some of it, like, but yeah, like, but Andy Garcia, just like the moment he appears on screen, it was just like, I wonder who the bad guy is. I wonder who the one behind everything is. Hmm. It's here's Andy Garcia, by the way. It's like. <laughs> Because you know, like um, Eco Ways isn't going to be like the main bad guy in it. Yeah. Which I can't. Well, I mean, I have. I would have had no problem with that. No, I wouldn't. Um, no, I wouldn't. I suppose we could pivot on to how absolutely wasted him and Tony Jaa were. Oh my Didn't God. even share a goddamn fight oh, scene together. Total. Like waste. it would have mattered. Like it would have mattered if they shared a fight scene or not. The fighting, uh, the action scenes were so horrendously edited. Like, oh, yeah. 
just absolutely you know, like they did have some fights uh, you know not together but separately like and it's just like well this is looks like shit yeah you couldn't you couldn't see what was going on it's like okay who's fighting who what's going who's did they just punch or kick them i don't know what's happening and then you know got to the point i don't know what's happening i don't really care what's happening now <laughs> it's just get it over with yeah yeah but yeah huge wasted opportunity mate yeah that's a good point uh, and then for a long time now, obviously we've championed practical effects over CG. Ugh. Oh my, the CG in this is is Ugh. it's like it's come from a first year uni student as his you know his his end of year project. Here you go, I've done the effects for Expendable Balls, and he he doesn't yeah. he doesn't even pass. He fails I, because it's so I bad. Don't, I just don't get it. Like it's always been a thing with these films. They use the CG. But it's no better than the first. What was the first one? Two thousand and eight. It's no. like it's no better. No. It's worse. It's a lot and worse. It's Fifteen years later, and yeah. it's just no better. Again, like you mentioned, hundred million dollar movie. Where did this money go? Yeah. Because I mean, we can also mention like how bad the blood looked, and that, and then we could also mention the green screen. How bad oh, that looked. Oh my god, that was awful. Just like where did this money go? Like it kind of just gone on the actors because Stallone won't ask for that much. And then obviously it's a slot of Statham Stallone mode get paid around the same, but then yeah. it's probably a slight scale down. Yeah. But where did this go? Like and this and normally when they say a budget for a movie these days, they say, Oh, it's a hundred million dollars to make it this and that. That doesn't include the marketing in it either. Exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, where exactly did this money go? <laughs> it's unbelievable. And there's a scene oh my god, it just gets worse. So th- the end of the movie, it's it all ends up on this huge ship. Yeah, there's a scene with Jason Statham on a motorbike, and the front of the motorbike mm. has got like these twin machine guns, for want of a better description, on it. And they're chased. He's chased by numerous bad guys on motorbikes who have the same machine guns. I mean, why the fuck have they got a, a ship full of motorbikes with machine guns strapped to the front? Why are they yeah. on there to begin with? And then they do the, they do this chase around the all around this ship, and you've got who you think is the main bad guy watching them from up high. And there's one particular point where Jason Statham he stops, and it's it's almost like a western where it's a face off, and they're going to do you know they, they they're going to do who's going to be first to shoot, and they're facing off against each other. And again, who you think is the main bad guy is watching. He could have shot Jason Statham right there and then. He was just sat on his bike doing nothing. And he's looking at him. He just shot to the head, mate, you're dead. Didn't do it. <laughs> it's like, But that scene was just so ridiculous. There's one particular point in it where Statham sort of leaps up into the so high and does a flip and fires. and it's, Oh, my God. I, I said to Ramrod at one point, because it, it got so funny, the dialogue, again, gets i wouldn't say funny just ridiculous silly ridiculous that i said to him and i put that i think i sort of half quoted it in my letterbox review that it wouldn't have surprised me if if, if terence hill and bud spencer suddenly appeared and became part of the expendables it was that type <laughs> of a movie just like shit comedy <laughs> we're like oh yeah, yeah. Hey, they, oh it all makes sense now it's terence hill and bud spencer that you know they're going to take over from barney yeah. ross oh <laughs> Dear God. And yeah, you- and I mean, the, the action, you know, like, I mean, in because actors can't promote it at the moment because they're quite rightly striking. Um, 
obviously the publicity was in lieu of anything else. Oh, it's going to be gory and violent again because that's what oh, you wanted. And God. yes, that's true. But we have obviously found out, and I mean, we knew this already, but blood and gore and all of that does not make a good action film. That is and there wasn't, need. you know what, I, I don't know what you thought. I didn't think there was that much and it was so quick. There was one half decent shot where somebody gets a knife through his throat and then you see the knife yeah. appear through the front of his throat. And that was one, ooh, right? That was the only time that me and Ramrod watching it for the, you know, the gore went, whoa. Yeah. The rest of the time it was like, well, there's none there. And then it's like, it's a really shit CG blood splat. Yeah, and it's really, everything was really dark as well. Oh, everything's so it, dying, you don't see it. The worst of all, and it really did look fucking terrible. And again, huge spoiler ahead. Andy Garcia gets blown up. It looks appalling. Oh, it looked awful. And I mean, really, really fucking awful. We were just, how did that pass to get through release? Because <laughs> it looked that bad. Yeah. And it's who blew him up as well. The end of that film is like, a, a, it's a definitely another. Hey, yo, what the fuck? It's, what? <laughs> what? Sly comes back in the helicopter. How long was Sly following that ship in the helicopter waiting, mate, to do that? Where did he come from? Helicopter doesn't have that much fuel. The ship's been out there for <laughs> It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then Sly appears in the helicopter as he just, like, materialised through a portal or something. Where's he come from? How long has I he mean, been following? A, I mean, in a decent action film, if that happened, you wouldn't really care because, you know, you'd, you'd let it go. But, like, in the midst of everything else. And, yeah, I think also worth saying, um, obviously, Stallone's barely in it. Yeah. Um, at the start of the end. And, it, my God, I have seen some predictable plot twists in my time. But, like, the moment, <laughs> the second, like... Barney Ross is killed, um, and all you see is a charred-out skeleton yeah. with a ring on a finger. Yeah, have a cockpit. You're like, well, he's not dead, is he? Hmm. Of course he's not. And then it's just like just wait for him to show back up again. There's yeah. no suspense in it. Like you're just waiting, and it's just like, well, there he is. Bit of shit in it. Yeah, there he is. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, like it's even Statham's character doesn't even seem that shocked. <laughs> It's just like, well, like, oh, you, you know? Yeah. Oh, you rascal doing that. Oh. Yeah. And it's just like, we missed Arnie. We missed Jet Li. And oh. obviously Bruce would have been in it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, we're missing, you know, like the high caliber yeah. Van Damme, yeah. Chuck and everybody. It's just like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, it's just, it's this cast, like, it's just it's not good enough, really. It's good to see Dolph still in it, particularly as he's, you know, he'd been battling cancer and all of that, and he was in it all the way through. And you know, it's just good to see Dolph on the screen. Um, it was, but the thing uh, is, with Dolph's character, mate. So he's so, you know, he was like a pisshead, wasn't he? In the other ones, in this. Oh, one. I didn't like this. No, he's you're right. Sober. Yeah, I know you're going. he's so, and it, it makes such a plot point. Oh, he's sober. He's sober now. He's, so, he's sober. And a few times when he's got to be, you know, the crack sniper. And he misses, he can't do it because he's sober. And then it gets to the last scene and it's on this big ship. And he yeah, goes, like, fuck it. And he has a drink and then he like goes, well, yes, I'm back. And he shoots, I think he shoots two people. That's it. 
that they Great do message. they do all that build up that he's shit while he's sober and then he takes us you know a swig of his hip flask and you think right he's gonna go fucking insane now he's gonna shoot a shit ton of people he's gonna stab them he's gonna behead people he's gonna go crazy no he, he shoots two people and that's it and you think oh what was the I, point of that storyline then about I mean, him being I, sober? I, I just thought it was unpleasant like just like Oh no! You need you know like just like weird pro alcohol yeah. thing like, yeah. like shouldn't it be the other way around? Like he you know the drink is doing him in, um, and it's like you know it's sort of more sort of inspirational that he's sobered up and you know he's able to focus and you know save a day or hmm. something like that. But no, it's just like this weird pro alcohol thing, which is just a bit weird, yeah. unpleasant, and there's probably a lot of people who don't want to see that, you know who. You know, if people, I don't want to get too deep here, but if there's people who watch this film who have struggled with alcohol addiction at all in their life, watching one of the main characters only do good when they're pissed is yeah. a bit fucking much. So I don't know. It was, it but was, I mean, I liked yeah. it, that Dolph was in a film in the cinema. I yeah. think that was it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, they managed to get Randy Couture back, but you know, Terry Crews gone. Yeah. Um, even even they could even get him back. Um, it just seemed like. And I mean, we know we had it last time before the newbies in Expendables Three. Like they couldn't even get. They got like had the lad who was just impersonating Antonio Banderas. His cousin, oh, or whatever. oh, he was. It's, it really did smack of. We'd have liked to have had Antonio Banderas back, but oh, either he was too busy, didn't want to do it, we couldn't afford him. So we'll write in a character. Who's, him $100 million. Yeah, we'll, we'll write in a character who's his son, and we'll do an exact impersonation of him, which just got annoying yeah. for me. And I mean, Fifty Cent was there as well, including the bizarre moment when one of his songs played. Yeah. Like, like, so what? Like, wait a minute. Like, I know we're not. This is an Expendables film, but like, so did his character write that song, or is Fifty Cent in and him, him different people who just yeah. happen to look alike? Has no one said to him, "Hey, you look like Fifty Cent, and you're playing his music"? <laughs> Fucking like what? <laughs> I mean, again, like like Megan Fox, like it's Fifty Cent. Like he's not a great actor, yeah. but. I mean, in amongst it all, I didn't really care he was in it. You know, like, fine. But, yeah. Mm. What else? What else was shit? The, the, you know, the main thing I took away from this is that Barney Ross is a complete and utter twat. And I will, I will tell you why, okay? I'll tell you why. So near the beginning of the film, uh, Barney Ross calls on Lee Christmas, Jason Statham's character. Yeah. And says, right, I need your help. So he takes him to a bar. So there's yeah. Barney and Lee go to a bar and they meet Jumbo Shrimp. Right? It's a bar, ah, yeah. it's a bar full of, of, you know, bad guys, as you can see. You know, it's like biker type people. So it turns out that Barney lost, <laughs> of all things, a thumb wrestling competition. It's like, what? The fuck, actually, a thumb wrestling competition. Hey yo, what the fuck? Against it, legitimately lost against Jumbo Shrimp. So Barney had to give his prized Expendables ring, which Jumbo now owns. So Barney says to Lee Christmas, um, "Right, beat him up, get get my ring back," which is a bit of a shit thing to do. You know, he lost it fair and square. So then, you know, Lee says, oh, why can't you do it? And Barney says, oh, I've got a bad back. So he stands, you know, Barney stands at the bar. And Lee goes up to Jumbo Shrimp and says, give, you know, give Barney his ring back. And then he doesn't. So they have a fight, beats him up. Poor old Jumbo gets beaten up, gets his ring taken off. Barney's got it again. 
first of all, twat thing to do. You lost it fair and square. No way to get you get your ring back, right? Fast forward to later in the movie when there's just Barney in the film. It gets shot, you know, there's like um, RPG, gets shot down, crashes, crash and burn. Lee runs to the to the um, to the plane. Oh, there's this charred body in, and it's wearing the ring. Barney's dead. Bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. End of the movie. Barney appears as we've said in the, in the helicopter. So then Lee says, "What well, you know? What who was that in, in the in the plane?" Then Barney says, "Jumbo shrimp." Now have a think about this, mate. Right? So obviously, at some point, Barney kidnapped Jumbo Shrimp. Locked him, locked him in the plane for fuck knows how long, right? While he was awake, no food, no water. Right, we're going to lock you in that plane until we take way before anybody gets in the plane. We're going to take off. Barney obviously knew that at some point, if he didn't get shot by an RPG, he was going to deliberately crash the plane to fake his own death, which is what he wanted to do to bring out the story of the bad guy which was Andy Garcia, thereby killing, in a horrific way, Jumbo Shrimp, who has done nothing all apart from win his ring fairly <laughs> and squarely in a thumb wrestling competition. So not only did he beat him up for doing that... He no, he got, someone to, he got someone to beat it, him yeah, up for him. For him. Then he kidnapped him, trapped him in a plane for fuck knows how long... <laughs> And then, then Barney jumps out of the plane with a parachute and goes, fuck you, Jumbo, you're crashing to the ground. <laughs> Literally oh, murder. Yeah, well, actually, no, it makes it even worse. He, before, before, he, before he jumped out of the plane, he dragged Jumbo out of where he trapped him, put him in the pilot's seat so he knew that he was going to crash and burn, then went by and killed him. What, what, tell me, mate, what wrong did Jumbo Shrimp do? Nothing. Nothing. Barney Ross, you're a twat, and it took me four Murder. films to figure this out. Murder. Yeah. Uh, a couple of you haven't missed a deleted scene where just before he leaves the plane, he shows uh, Jumbo Shrimp the video of him blowing up his house with his wife and kids inside. But... <laughs> <laughs> the director's cut Blu ray. That would be awesome. Oh, please don't. I have a director's oh. cut Blu ray. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was like a big takeaway. It's like, what the actual fuck? Poor old Jumbo Shrimp. <sighs> so there we go. We stop talking about it now. We should. I think we talked about that longer than we'll talk about the <laughs> next. I mean, films. definitely in one case because I can't remember much about my pick. <laughs> uh, me neither. So we will move on. At this point, I would play the trailer to your first time watch pick, mate. Uh, but unfortunately, the trailers that I found were either a in uh, foreign language or B were just one of those where it showed bits of the movie and there was just a music score that would make no sense in an audio only podcast so over to you for your first time watch pick mate well my first time watch pick and as I said can't really remember much about it which isn't um, isn't too helpful I mean in, in this country it was called Hard Boiled 2 hmm. um which is a weird title, to be honest. I mean, I imagine most people uh, listening to this have seen Hardball. I feel like I'm talking slowly because this is kind of like I can't fucking remember anything about the film. <laughs> trying to make it last, trying to stretch it out to five minutes at least. 
the first movie ever. <laughs> man arriving at, we'll start man arriving at a train station or, or train pulling into a station and then we'll eventually get over to the last blood anyway um the last blood hard boil two um like i guess it was i mean it might have even come out before hard boiled but with delays i guess in the uk with these sort of films uh or films from another country um it hard boiled uh came out first yeah because Hard Bold was 1992. Yeah. The last part was 1991. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it's nothing to do with Hard Boiled. John Woo's got no involvement. None of the cast of Hard Boiled are in it. Um, like, tonally, no. It's not really like, was it like the glorious bloodshed, you know, of a John Woo film? I think that's what they describe it as, and others. Um, but yeah, this is um, known as The Last Blood. Um, and it's called in the Philippines Police Protectors. And the original Chinese title roughly translates to 12 Hours of Terror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Wong Jing, who no, he directed this film, right? Wong Jing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quite a uh, well-known Hong Kong director. And he directed this film. I think we need to um, chat about it on the podcast at some point called Magic Crystal. Mate, we do need to chat about it at some point, definitely. Yeah. I know it's... It's getting a Blu-ray release either this month or next, and I know we've both got it on pre-order, so we do. I mean, it, yeah. Now's the time um, to talk about the Magic Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. I'm, I'm not doing it again. Um, and also directed for Seventh Curse that we talked about last month. Yes. Um, and also has directed a film in the following year called Evil Cat. Right. Okay. Um, oh, that's a plot. Okay, I'll, I'll go to Letterbox because the Letterbox plot for this film. I was like, eighty-eight films. Someone release Evil Cat. <laughs> um, You're doing anything to avoid talking about the Last Blood, mate. I'm trying to find it. Wong Jing. I'm, <laughs> sorry, the fact that you can see me, I'm very you're conscious um, that. I, yeah, I'm watching you. Just watching me. The yeah. Last Blood. Oh God, <laughs> cut this bit out. <laughs> No, no, it's staying in. It's all right. I can, I can get away with it when I'm not on camera. <laughs> okay, this isn't it. I can't find it. But Master Shung is the last of a large family whose members for centuries have protected the earth from a demonic cat with nine lives. I mean, I want to watch that. A demonic cat, watch- mate. I'm in for that. Yeah. You don't need to say anything else. Demonic cat. And that's enough. I'm there. Anyway, yeah. The Last Blood, watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about two of his films now. Yeah. Um, mental, mental stuff. Yeah. Um, occasionally. So this film yeah. is um, about, uh, uh, well, it's got um, some recognisable Hong Kong actors in it, like um, Andy Lau and Alan Tam. There's a running joke through this film. Now, we watched it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Even though 88 films have just put it out on Blu-ray, so I suppose if you want to watch it, that's a way to watch it. Because yeah. the subtitles on this YouTube version, we've watched a couple, I think we, The Magic Crystal was on the same channel. Yeah. Um, subtitles, broken English at times. Oh my um, God, yeah. Uh, so um, there seems to be a running joke in it. Like I think in uh, real life, Alan Tam and Andy Lau are singers as well. Oh, I don't know. And there's, there's a running joke about you know, oh, he looks like Andy Lau. He looks like Alan Tam. Um, so I think if if you wondered what that bit was, uh, I Googled it. Okay. They're, they're actual, you know, they're singers yeah. as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of like, we uh, are them. Uh, okay. 
little tinkers. Yeah. Um, it's also got Eric Sang in <laughs> who, um, oh my God, Eric Sang. He, he's one of these Hong Kong actors. When you see him in a film, you're like, oh, all right. I don't know. It's not every <laughs> single film he's been in, but especially if it's an 80s one or a 90s one, you're like, oh, okay. It's, there's going to be some comedy. <laughs> it's going to be shit. Yes. <laughs> and he didn't disappoint in this one. Yeah, oh, I was just like, oh, no, it's this lad again. Like He's always in like the Jackie Chan, like the like the lucky stars films and that and it's fine in the realms of that but so like this isn't like gritty john woo action but you know it's fairly action-packed um going as on i mean one um one scene is uh the chase the big chase scene i think we should talk about that um first because bloody hell nuts yeah oh yeah um this is like I mean, it's totally all over the place of film, but this um, it's a motorbike chase. They're being, like, I don't know where all these motorbikes came from. I don't know if they came off that ship from Expendables 4, but <laughs> fucking hell, they came from nowhere. So, um, yeah, it's it's just... Uh, so, basically, the plot. Shall we, we better do the plot. Yeah, so that's go, just on. It. go on. Um, there's an Interpol agent. He's assigned to protect the Dakar Lama. The Dakar Lama, like, yeah, not the Dalai Lama, the Dakar yeah, Lama. Yeah, I, I double-checked this on Letterboxd. I, I thought, oh, is that like for shit subtitles that uh, should be saying Dalai Lama? Like, Dalai Lama's not a copyright, you know, he's, he's you know, I'm sure, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Dakar Lama, a religious leader who's targeted for death by a militant Japanese terrorist group. Uh, when the Dakar Lama's injured, Lu Tao embarks on a quest to find a suitable blood donor. Is that what it was about? Well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Roundabout way. Um, not mentioning, uh, they bump into Fatty. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, <laughs> you're, the tone of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, there's some really good action. This, like to put upon it, mainly because I can't remember much about it because we watched it like a week or two ago. Um some really good action in this, especially the motorbike chase. There's plenty of like, oh, that poor stuntman, um, yeah, which is fast yeah. becoming a, a highlight of our shows, isn't it? it? Is. Oh no! <laughs> and they're always in these Wong Jing films as well. Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. And even sometimes it's. I'm. I'm sure in this one again there was. It wasn't even. Well, there were there were cases of that poor stuntman. Holy shit! You know, did he survive that crash? You know, did he? Did he burn to death in that fire stunt that obviously went wrong, but they've kept it in the film. But there were scenes, there was one, and I can't for the life of me remember. I mean, this says a lot, really. We watched it just over a week ago, and neither of us can remember too much about it. It's quite forgettable. But I, I sort of half remember something happening, and there was, it wouldn't have been a stuntman. It would have been one of the extras that was sort of, okay, this is going to happen, and you watch it go by. And something went wrong, and I'm sure like one of the extras like got twatted by a car or something. It's like, yeah, even, yeah, even yeah. Tina went, "What the fuck happened to them?" It's like, oh my god, yeah, they Did probably they rolled over it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Imagine being that an extra, and all of a sudden, like this car like just ramming into you, and you go flying, and then it makes it into I, the film. I do not want to imagine being an extra or a stuntman in a Hong Kong no. action. <laughs> no, my god, no way. Just get your wheels time. Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, tonally, it's all over the place. Like, the um, 
motorbike chasing is superb. It's like yeah. choreo- uh, action, choreography, incredible. There's like all those motorbikes chasing him and how they're all like, all the, I mean, like every stuntman that come off a bike. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, um, incredible. Just so good. And then like literally Eric Sang's character is just like two minutes after this incredible action sequence. He's got the runs. And it's just like, he's just like this man child. Just, I mean, and like some serious stuff happens and like people die and you're like, yeah. and then it's suddenly like, there's a character that Eric Sang's like fatty nose and or lives with. <laughs> and he's like, you, like, he's sort of like mourning their loss and he's, you know, holding their body. I'm just like, no, you just, you've gone too far with a comedy for me to like, even yeah. give a shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you're just waiting for him to like be cradling the body and then just like, a wet fart or something because that's what his character does. It's just like, well, is he going to like fucking drop the body or lose it or something in it or some weekend at Bernie shit? It's like, I mean, like while the magic crystal was mental and seventh curse was really gory and mental. Yeah. This is just like this silly, like, I guess it's a cultural thing. This comedy in these yeah. Hong Kong action yeah. films, like, there's so many like deadly serious, huge action scenes, big consequences. Oh, oh, his willy's out, you know. <laughs> like, oh, he's lost his trousers, you know, like, like that sort of like, you know, and him bumbling around. Oh, he's got with a lollipop and stuff. It's just like, what the fuck is this? It's just like, and I mean, like we've I've seen you know we've seen so many like Hong Kong action films over the years. Like we're just used to it, but like yeah. sometimes where it's just like it's so jarring and. I mean, I mean, if anyone's like you know got more insight into that, listens to the show. I know Ben Wyatt, or you mentioned earlier, he's uh, consumed more, probably more of uh, Hong Kong action films than both of us combined in oh, his yeah, life. But yeah. like, just some insight about like culturally, like I guess it's just that's how things are. You know, mm. they, you know, people like a bit. Of, I don't even know. Like, I don't mind a le- bit of levity in an action film, but like literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Huge action set piece. Man in toilet shitting because he's <laughs> violently caught for, for comedy value. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it would be something, you know. Uh, I mean, the film was fine. It was a decent action film, even with that. But it doesn't, I mean, they didn't introduce him to about 30, 40 minutes in. And mm. then it was just like, oh, like, oh yeah. here he is. Apart from the set pieces. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? I mean, you, you've covered all the main points for me. The, the main one being that you've said a few times, and I'm just going to repeat because it is so, it's probably the most tonally uneven film I've ever seen. It was just ridiculous because the action scenes, they're really good. When the, when the action comes in, it's like, you know, they're well-directed and, you know, it's got that, like we've said again, holy shit, anything could happen. Somebody could really die here and they would leave it on screen. You just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, they're so over the top and the fire stuff is just like, whoa, going on. But then they're few and far between when there's no action happening. It is either that shitty comedy, quite literally sometimes, shitty comedy. Uh, But the the characters were annoying. That's what got me as well. I I didn't care for anybody because I just got so fucked off with the characters in it. I did, you know, they could have just all die. I won't really care that much now, <laughs> you know, have a stunt go wrong. You know, have a, oh, I just, yeah. 
if it was if it was like a twenty minute film of all the action scenes, it'd be great. It was just the stuff in between. None of it engaged me whatsoever because I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about the story. It's supposed to be oh, we need this blood, and there's only one person left who's got this particular blood group, and we're trying to get them. And even at points in between those action scenes, it got boring. It either got boring or stupid comedy. That I, yeah. didn't, that I didn't find funny. And it's like, oh, God. And it's only like a 90-minute film as well, and it felt sort of two hours because the stuff in between those amazing action scenes just didn't engage me whatsoever. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Is I there going to be another action film? Yeah, action scene to keep me watching? Because this, yeah. this is doing nothing for me. Yeah, I mean, it is... Um a blight on a lot of like Hong Kong films. I'm just looking up at my copy of Writing Wrongs. Um, that is actually, a f- I mean, because it doesn't have to be like this every time. That's a no. film where they've got a comedy character in it, but when things get serious, they get serious. And, you know, it's got that some that tonally, like, that tonally off comedy in it, but, mm. like, it gets to a point where things get a bit darker and a bit more serious, and they drop it. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have to be like this all the time. No. And you've got the you've got hard boiled and you've got the killer. Like I know hard boiled hadn't been made yet, but the killer and better tomorrow certainly had. And, um, I know they've got a few chuckles in it, you know, not much, but like, can you imagine like, like, like a scene in the killer or hard boiled? And I know there's a, the baby pissing scene in yeah, yeah. hard boiled, but that's just a little throwaway joke. But can you imagine the scene in like a re- after a really tense dramatic action scene in, Killer Hard Bold, Eric Sang's character walks in and he's like, Fatty's wet himself. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? <laughs> what is it? And that's the sort of thing, like, it was that sort of humour. Like, yeah. if his character, it was just like, did his character wet himself? Like, okay, it's, it's, a lot of this stuff was quite forgettable. Like, but, mm. like, if his character just wet himself and it was a comedy, like, and they did it as a running joke, he was like, yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah, whereas. Magic Crystal and um, Seventh Curse were mental. Mm. This was just, you know, like a bit dull with some good. Um, somehow we both gave this film three, three stars on that box. You wouldn't have thought I so. Know. You wouldn't that. have thought, actually, no, you wouldn't have thought so, would you? The way that probably, we, we probably, because we can't remember much about it, we probably did get more out of it than we're putting across. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's because, just, yeah, in retrospect, um, just yeah, thinking about it. Was yeah. Great. yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, this comedy stuff. Like, uh, yeah, anyone, Ben, anyone, please fill us in. Like, on if you aware of like the cultural reasons why this weird, mm. and it's always like it's always like a lot of the time it's Eric Sang in films. It's in these ones I've seen, but it's always just this guy who's lost like. I'm not saying that, but uh, I'm just trying to think of another word. <laughs> another word for it. <laughs> like, like an adult baby sort of character, you yeah. know, like a man-child yeah. sort of thing. Um, and it's always that that I've noticed. I don't know about you in these films. It's always yeah. like this it is, dopey, yeah, yeah. like, idiot who's just there. Yeah. <laughs> film. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I mean, maybe we just maybe we just don't understand. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we're not the audience for it. But we but never, you don't see that in action films in the West. You don't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you don't. No, definitely not. <laughs> not somebody. Imagine it in expend four balls, and at, at some point, fifty cent shits himself. <laughs> just, <laughs> that might that might have made it a little bit better. Who knows? 
Or the classic editor. What's the matter? See how angry fishing chewing he just hit his <laughs> wet fart. And then they spend my whole film having to babysit Carl Weathers. <laughs> put, a, put a nappy on him and everything. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God. You can think of so many. <laughs> like someone on a bus on the speed. Just, just, just like. <laughs> just gets the cock out. And that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> He can't stop putting his cock out. <laughs> Eric Sang, he's in it. He's, he's one of the passengers in the bus. Oh, my God. Oh. And that in the background is his ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> that was the chip van, which I haven't heard in a while. Oh, you heard it. You heard the chip van. It's the Friday night I'm chip I'm hearing van. you a bit clearer on um, e- – we're on Ecamm tonight, folks, yes. uh, instead of Zoom. Instead of Zoom. Um, uh, and a uh, little secret, I don't even think I've told you this, Dave. The, the sound clips, apart from the little your boilies and all that, like the, the, the intro music for the show and the trailers, I never hear them on Zoom. Ah, you're so hearing them wait. better on this, yeah? Yeah, so if you've ever wondered why I've not said anything at the end of a trailer, <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking hear it. Tom, ne- Tom never heard it. Okay. I've just been winging it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is picking up everything. I had my doubts about Ecam because it sounded a bit porny, but. Um... <laughs> porny? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ecam. <laughs> Triple triple X cam. That's the one. I don't know. Maybe Dave will get his dick out and shit himself. (laughs) The night is young. (laughs) Who knows? We we haven't finished this episode yet. There's a a kink for everything, isn't there? Anything could happen. (laughs) Right. Well, was it worth a first-time watch, mate? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it it was. To be fair, it was worth first-time watch. And I'd probably watch it again, and then mm. mainly because I'd forgotten about Eric Zang, and then 40 minutes, he'll be like, oh, bollocks. Yeah. It's this one, isn't it? It is. My, my sort of rule of thumb on letterboxes, anything that I give two and a half and above, two and a half is sort of borderline, well, I might watch it again. If it's if it's like three and above, it's, yeah, I'd give it another watch at some point. So giving it a three is, yeah, you know, I could watch it at some point. But like you said, yeah, yeah. his, char- his I mean, character would turn up and then he'd go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I bet you when I watch it, it will be in a few years and the 88 Blu-ray will be like eight ninety nine or something yeah. top or something like that. And I'll have completely forgotten about it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the action is great. Um, yeah. I mean, I really think it's really recommended for the action, especially that motorbike scene. Um, I mean... I've, we've obviously forgotten quite a bit about it since we watched it, but yeah. that that motorbike scene still stands out because, God, how long these must take? Well, I say that you know, like in, in the in, you know in the West, you know, with with you know safety and everything, <laughs> um, you know, a massive action set piece <laughs> like that would take you know could even take weeks to shoot properly. Yeah. I mean, so I was about to say, oh, I wonder how long that took. Probably just did it in about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn those safety rules in the West, making it take longer. Uh, yeah. oh, well, anyway, it's on YouTube. So you can watch it on YouTube yes. if you don't buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, and like you said, the, you know the uh, the English subtitles are a bit here and there at, at times, but I think that you know adds a little bit of charm to it now and again. When you think, oh, that's quite funny. <laughs> that, that's uh, it's not quite how you say that, but it's it's pretty good. Right then, mate, we shall go on to my rewatch pick. Where it is. You're the best. If we could just meet. I don't meet, I don't work in Miami, and I don't do jobs like this. Every day is worse. Remembering what happened. For 20 years, she has carried a vendetta. Waste them. 
against an untouchable criminal empire. The only thing I understand anymore is revenge. You'll only get one of them. That's why I need you. Her only hope is a man known as the Specialist. His identity is unknown. An explosives expert, he uses his skills to punish those the law cannot reach. Your specialist's name is Ray Quick. He's ex-covert ops. Worked with me, in fact, years ago. You deserve better. This guy is good, Joe. He could put a bomb in your crab shell. You wouldn't even know it. You think the killing is going to make everything all right? Something has to. Nice one, Ray! Now, come on out. I want my son to be protected 24 hours a day. You like to look dangerously, don't you? A little danger never killed anybody. Right, baby? Come on, talk to me! Pull the trigger on a lot of people now. Maybe they're coming back to haunt you. Is that it, Ned? Find them! Come on! You got no mercy. And you got no code. I'm right behind you, and I'm gonna close your heart in my hand. The Specialist. Stallone. Stone. Well, the best thing about that trailer, mate, was watching your face as we listened to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the start with that bit of music. Just like... Uh, oh. If you don't too, already know... Too erotic for me. It's way too erotic, mate. <laughs> my rewatch pick was The Specialist from 1994. The 1990s, mate, when erotic thrillers were quite a thing and for a few years were, you know, flying off the rental shelves um let me tell you there's nothing more erotic than consults notes eric roberts <laughs> <laughs> and rod steiger rod steiger <laughs> james Woods. <laughs> we we i mean you know we should really but we're not going to because you know we're thinking of you the listeners we should well, i mean we we could and should have done this whole talking about this film and talk in the style that Sharon Stone and Sylvester Stallone talk to each other in this <gasps> in this movie all the time, <laughs> which just wears so thin. It's just like stop <laughs> breathlessly talking to each other. <laughs> it's it's an hour and fifty. Just talk normally to each other. Stop with all this breathless shit, especially on the telephone. It's oh like, yeah, their phone calls. Oh my god, nice there. Oh, you, you know, <laughs> I, I have got to, right? I this think... is the least, like, I will say, like, I've said for, like, movie sex is the least, like, attractive thing. It's just, like, it's not, like, I don't, like, I suppose, you know, you don't, I don't want to kink, you know, like, not kink shame. I don't want to, like, if that's, <laughs> if you like that, fine. But, like, like, movie sex is just, like, the least arousing thing. I don't know. If, am I, am I alone? Like, it's just, like, most of the time, it's just, Belly bunny, belly button humping, yeah, and like yeah. everyone's just like wearing a lot of clothes, sex, um, <laughs> like, and like you never see anyone. Like, uh, this sounds a bit weird, but you never see anyone's dick. Like, it's like uh, you never see anyone's private parts normally. Like, I'm not saying I want like fucking hardcore porn, but like movie sex is not 
it's just really just not arousing or attractive in any way. It's yeah. just a bit weird. And this is we'll get to that bit, but like also like this these obscene phone calls <laughs> these terrible. phone calls, right. I'm gonna... it's just like this is not attractive. <laughs> like this isn't hot. Like that's a word. Not... I guess that's a word. Yeah, it's not hot, mate. And I'm gonna give you there's two lines. I mean, there's there's so many things said on these phone calls between each other. I'll I'll give a quick you know synopsis of the film in a few minutes. But while while we're on the the sex subject, we're always on the phone to each other. Yeah, the phone sex subject. There's two lines that Sharon Stone says to Sly. Uh, that are just, I've I've got. I have to start this music though to get the full effect, mate. So I'm going to I'm oh, going to no. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to cue the music. And then we'll get to the lines. Honestly, so. honestly, I thought you'd que- you were gonna, you'd queued up some of the score. I was like, please don't. <laughs> that is fine. That's taking a piss, but like, <laughs> ooh, thank God for that. So one of the lines. So these will make more sense when you find out that um, Sylvester Sloan's character Ray Quick. Is uh, he's he's good at making bombs. His his main way of killing people is is through explosions. A bit like Stallone. Hey, Yay. making bombs. So while they were on the phone, Ray Quick and Sharon Stone's character May Monroe. The first one of the lines that May says to Ray is, "I've heard you can control your explosions." <laughs> Which is like one of the biggest double really? entendres ever. It's like, oh yeah. And Wasn't this written by? Who was this written by? Was it? Oh, Am actually, I no. I, to... I, I tell a lie. It's not. I've misquoted. I've heard you. Can, Ooh, I've, oh, I've heard you can control your detonations. Because the second oh, line okay. is, I've heard you can focus your explosions. Control his detonations and focus his explosions, mate. I don't like that at all. Awful. Awful. Anyway, The Specialist, 1994. Currently a 5.6 on IMDb. A one-sentence synopsis. A woman entices a bomb expert she's involved with into destroying the mafia that killed her family. So, right, I'm going to begin. So it's, I mean, it is a bit all over the place, but so May Monroe, you see a scene with her as a child and the mafia breaks into her family home, kills a family in front of her. She's hiding in a closet. Uh, the main guy that's, you know, part of this gang is um, a Rick Roberts character, Thomas Leon. So Sharon Stone's character is a little girl. Eric Roberts' character is a fully grown male. In real life, there was two years difference between them in age. So it's like, oh, okay. Two years. Oh, my God. Two years. <laughs> it's like, what the, 20. What the fuck? He didn't um, age well, Roberts, did he? Yeah. But the, 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 actual, the actual film begins with Ray Quick and James Wood's character, Ned Trent. Um, <laughs> Ned Trent. <laughs> Fucking names of this film. Ray Quick. Who, Ned Trent. Who are, I think it's, how did it explain them in the trailer? I've already forgotten. Was it X Special Ops or X? Yeah, they're on a mission, or, aren't they? They're on a mission and they want to blow up this bridge. And um, Ned says it a good few times that, you know, it's Ray Quick's job to, you know, plant the explosions and it's his job to pull the trigger. 
and well, that's weird. Well, uh, as specialists, like, literally, go, that, yeah, specialists. I'd, I'd say Ray's got the I shit end of the stick, hasn't he? He's got to make the bombs and plant them. And, it, yeah, yeah. And Ned stands there and pulls <laughs> the fucking trigger. That's not. Wow. I'm a specialist in pulling a trigger to set off an explosion. <laughs> yeah. So they plan. <laughs> go on, go on. I mean, and you know, like, James Woods is going to end up as a bad guy the moment you see him, but they yeah. do it so quickly. It was just like 30 seconds into a film and he yeah. turned evil. It's like, oh, that's a record. Oh, it is. Yeah, because they both plant in the, you know, they're putting all the bombs on the, the bridge and they're going to blow this bad guy up. And then Ray, because, he's, you know, he's got a heart. When the, the when when the vehicle comes onto the bridge, there's a little girl in it, and he's going, "Oh fuck, this little girl, you know, can't blow." So he goes to Ned, "No, look, cancel it." And Ned's going, "No, fuck you, I'm going to blow it up," because he's a you know, he's a bad guy, like you said. Immediately, he's a bad guy. So Ray runs and he's trying to you know like pull all the cords out of the explosive. He can't do it in time. Bridge blows up. He jumps off the bridge into the water. Uh, girl gets killed, obviously. Uh, he swims to shore, confronts Ned. And then they both, both of those characters who were friends just minutes ago, have a big, you know, fist fight, and then that's it. And then I think it cuts to about five years later, and then this is where <laughs> this is where the narrative gets a bit convoluted. Um, and it's 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 not even double crossing. There's double crossing and triple crossing and quadruple crossing. There's people siding with people who you think they are and who they're not. It's sort of. It's like a it's like a five way thing because you've got Ray Quick, Slice Stallone, obviously Ned, James Woods, so they're at odds against each other. They've moved on five years. You've got Main Monroe, who you've seen by this point as the little girl whose family's got killed by Eric Roberts and his gang of bad guys. But then Eric Roberts' father is play is Joe, who's played by Rod Steiger, um, and Eric Roberts' character is a bit out of control, and Rod Steiger's trying to. Con- control him so there's those five are sort of the main people in it but then there's the periphery bad guys who's under eric roberts and it, like i said it's all double crossing and sort of maze doing these so-called erotic phone calls to to ray trying to get him to kill thomas eric roberts but she's really in with eric roberts who's whose dad is in with Ned, who's James Woods, who wants Ray killed. And it's all these different bits and bobs going on of, like, we're going to kill him, but no, they're yeah. going to kill them, which all gets a bit mixed up. It's confusing because, well, for starters, like, <clears throat> we jump forward from when May was a girl, and Eric Roberts, ironically, um, hasn't aged at all. Um, no. But she's grown up. And then she's just, like, her way to get in get at him is to oh i mean is date him and just <laughs> to, to to quote uh that film this year with jennifer Lawrence, no hard feelings date him hard you know <laughs> like, really date the hell out of him yes um and it's just like okay you want to get in and you want to get under undercover oh um, nice under the covers yeah. um uh you know you want to get in you want to like you know but like she's oh god he's just like every scene they're in it's just like again this isn't attractive or hot just eric roberts pouring all over sharon stone it's just like oh this is horrible i don't like this this is just like (laughs) rubbing his hand up her leg and i'm just like oh Oh. 
is grim. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and she's just like, she's properly like, you know, they're together. Um, and I'm just like, this is weird. Is this your plan? Like, why didn't you just get way quick to fucking kill him or whatever? Yeah. Like, rather than keep fucking him. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is, what? there's a sex scene in the shower between Stallone's character and Sharon Stone's character. Oh, is there? Yeah, you would. You wouldn't I know. That's when I blacked out for twenty minutes. Because <laughs> you round it still it, on. <laughs> that's it. It is definitely not one of those blink and you'll miss it sex scenes. This like goes on and on. This is fucking take a nap, walk the dog, do the crossword, make your dinner. Yeah, you still won't miss it. <laughs> You're still there. You'll you'll still see it, in an alternate reality that is still going on. <laughs> Sly's pert buttocks still. Moving oh, up and down, disgusting. Like <laughs> and like the ego on him at the time, though, because he must have had a hell of an ego for this. He, there's no other way about it. Like Sharon Stone, this is like the peak Sharon's like basic instinct. Yeah, yeah. Like, a couple years later, she's like like one of the most beautiful women in the world, a revered actress, and all of that, and like. She's in there, in that shower scene somewhere, but you've just got this big hole. Like, you see a shoulder. You see a bare shoulder. A, well, in part one of a shower scene, you know, when they're... We'll get to it in the second bit. Like, in the sex bit. Like, you just yeah. see a shoulder, and then it's just this hulking, muscular <laughs> thing of Stallone with his arse just going up and down and up. And I was just like, oh, God, this is gross. Oh. It just doesn't stop. And then we get into the second section of it, where they're just soaping each other. And then, like, you see... <laughs> you know, I'm not like at least the nudity's a bit more equal then. Yeah, um, it's, it's still dominated by his ass, but <clears> you know, it's just like I don't. You know, they're, they're just doing all this, like going through all the MacGuffin and all the dialogue, like, or they're naked and soaping each other. I'm like, this is grim. This yeah. is really grim. <laughs> it is, like you said, it's like one of the least sexy things that you're going to see, and it's supposed <laughs> to be. Oh yeah, we'll make this, a, you know, sort of erotic thriller slash actioner. And oh yeah, it's gonna have this amazing scene, and we'll take a time over it. And oh yeah, this is gonna get people going and and hot watching this. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? It's like no, like literally another minute of that, and I think my dick would have just got up and left, like <laughs> just fucking detached itself, somehow produced little suitcases, and be like, mate, you, 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 that's enough. It's gone. Yeah, door somehow sl- door slams. <laughs> You did it to yourself. Yeah. It's your fault. You kept watching it. Don't blame me. <laughs> but there's a thing. I was reading that um, book. I think I mentioned it the last time. The last action heroes um, that I got, um, went to like the sort of talk thing with yeah. all the 80s action stars. And there was a bit where it said, for a point, for a while, why did these guys keep getting their asses out? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, they said, oh, uh, the office said, oh, it might be like the late, something for the ladies. Like, <laughs> again, uh, maybe similarly to the cultural figure of Hong Kong Kimber, like, ladies, does that scene do anything for you in specialists? <laughs> <laughs> any, any female listeners who uh, want to, uh, I mean, you don't have to, like, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like, <laughs> did you get any, like, is is it gross to you? Like, I mean, like, you know, obviously Van Damme, it became a tradition for him oh, to get his arm yeah. out. He had to, like, didn't he? Kurt Russell did, Stallone yeah. did. Yeah. Like, it was just a wave of bums. Chuck never did, but um, no. but it's just, like, weird. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's, it's, it really peaked, or, or 
troughed with <laughs> this absolute just gross display of yeah. ego and wet ass. <laughs> oh my god, ego and wet ass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good on the poster, wouldn't it? Come and see the specials. <laughs> the tagline is ego and wet arse. <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, there's not that. There's probably like one. The end is like a sort of action scene where the whole place is he's got it rigged to blow up, and they're trying to get out of there. The rest of it, again, considering it's one hour and fifty minutes, is just lots of build up breathy ridiculous phone calls yeah wet ass sex in a shower james woods he's chewing thank god for james woods yeah, in this yeah like we you know like i said about andy garcia chewing the scenery up in expendables he uh, james woods in this he it, does it properly like yeah. he knows exactly what this exactly. thing is and and even uh rod steiger like with rod steiger's insane accent um yeah like they know they both know what this is and like i mean james woods obviously is a bit of a lunatic these days but like thank god for him in this film man because he's just like rabid in it like he knows it's trash and he's going to treat it as such (laughs) there's one scene where they're tracing a call and they're trying to get the location of ray quick and there's james woods and there's a team of team of people and they've got to keep him on the line and they don't quite keep him on the line long enough. And he goes off. And then James Woods looks at the woman and he goes, did you get him? And the woman goes, oh, no, didn't quite get him. And he loses his shit. He goes fucking bonkers. And I swear, mate, watching this, that not only did he go off script, he did stuff that nobody expected him to do. He's throwing stuff. He's kicking stuff. He's pointing at people and calling them names. And the looks on the face, I'm sure all of it is like, he just made it all this shit up on the spot and everyone's just reacting to him and going, yeah. what, what the fuck? What's, what's he doing? Yeah, what he says to her, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's like, don't look at me. So, so good, so good. He, yeah, what, what is it they say these days? He knew, he understood the assignment. Exactly, he did. That was just, so, a, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, this he, is garbage. Let's just go nuts and see what I can get away with. He is the highlight for me in this. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, another highlight for me was the end. Not like that. Um, <laughs> but at the end, you know, him and Sharon Stone, Stallone and Stone, um, off they go. Hmm. And then, like, in this, air quotes, erotic <clears throat> action thriller, the song that comes on, like, turn the beat around. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's like, I remember this song when it came out and I hadn't heard it since. Apart from whenever I last watched this film, and it's yeah. just like, what is this film do- song doing on this film? It's, it's, it's like, so wrong. Pop. It doesn't fit whatsoever, does it? By the end of the, the end of the film, it's like, like really just, like yeah. I'll just pick a song at random just to end it. What can we get that's cheap? We've spent all the budget, and then what can we use? It's yeah, that didn't fit. Nothing. No, no sultry ballad. Turn no. the beat around. Um. And yeah, th- th- this is another one that we gave the same score to on Letterboxd. Yeah, and I've, I'm sticking by that, two and a half. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, me what we've said about it, whereas uh, The Last Blood, I was sort of questioning it. Yeah. Um, but 
I trust myself from a week ago. <laughs> but yeah, this yeah, two and a half is fair. Like Eric Roberts makes it. It's the most unsexy thing um, that you could possibly clap your mm. eyes on. Um, but it's it's watchable. Hmm. You know, you, you know, we'll both watch it again. <laughs> Defeated, you know, we will. Yeah, yeah, we no probably will. It's a Stallone. It'd been a while. It's been quite a few years since I'd seen it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think I fucking scarred. <laughs> I didn't have any nightmares about Stallone's ass or Eric Roberts groping me, but um, maybe <laughs> tonight. Now we've talked about it. Yeah, now it's fresh in your mind again. I look on Eric Roberts' face most of the time. It's just like someone told me, oh, you, in this scene, Sharon Stone's character, you have to like really touch a leg, and he's just like... Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like, just—I don't know. I'm sure he's. Well, I think he is a bit seedy though. Like, uh, like you know, we, at the, the Comic Cons and stuff. You know, like I remember, you know, the guy's got a fist bump, but the lady's just got like a big hug. It's like, oh well. The, th- like, the thing is, I've got a. Maybe I should put these pictures on the the podcast notes on the. Website. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you've got yeah, you've got a little proof of this. Yeah, yeah. he's he's he stood behind me with his. With his arm around me. Groping. Oh, yeah, he's got his arm around you. Maybe it's a he's, hair. I don't he's know. He's groping me. <laughs> he didn't touch well, my we, thigh, though, from what I can you're remember. The, he didn't touch your thigh. <laughs> you're the exception to the rule, Dave. Like, but normally, like, when I met him, he was just like, guys got fist bumps. Ladies just got oh, slathered with Eric. It's like... <sighs> yeah. So, man, maybe, maybe he was a bit like, oh, okay, then. Because he's just, he's just got that look in his face, like, oh, mate, you're enjoying this, are you? <laughs> This is just acting, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm just like I just like Sharon. You do want like Sharon Stone after break, basic instinct. Um, it's just like the world's your oyster, and then you just you know, and then you're in a film with these scuzz balls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as we said, it, it was worth watching. But oh yeah, yeah, it'll be a while before we watch it again. That's for sure. So. Right then, but it's good though that we both gave both movies the same score. We're on a two-film run at the moment, then, mate. Will it continue? Yeah. Will it continue to the next show? Let us see when we come back in a moment with the next episode's picks. And it is my turn to do the first time watch pick and it's going to be the October show, which means, of course, we've got to pick a horror film, haven't we? Because it's October. <laughs> it's tradition. It's tradition. So my pick is something that I still need to sort out because <laughs> I haven't done it. We delayed this a week and he still did. I know. I, I'm so bad. I delayed it a week and still couldn't pick anything. So it'll be a surprise for the listeners and you and me, mate when we record later this month. So I will sort out a first-time watch pick. Actually, depending on when you listen to this, I'm going to put this show out this weekend. It'll either be the 7th or 8th of October. If you're listening to it within the first week or so, and you have any suggestions of what it come on, it might be, we, we might get a surprise. Stop asking for help. You've got to do this yourself. <laughs> we might. This is a new low. Can <laughs> someone just do it for me? Help me. Come and record the show for me so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'll show you which buttons to push. Yes. 
Yes. You're going to be better than me. Just talk bollocks. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a surprise, mate. So over to you for your rewatch pick. No one tweet him. No one tweet <laughs> him. He's twat. on his own with this. <laughs> You've got to pick the film. Oh, go on. No one help. My pick, which I picked a week ago, plus <laughs> in advance, <laughs> ready, in. Go on, preparation, in. <laughs> um, was, uh, is obviously, it's a horror, released in 1980. Um Directed by uh, Vernon Zimmerman or something. Hmm. Anyway, it's a rewatch pick. We've both seen it. Dave, you said you haven't seen it for a long time. Um, it will be a Fade to Black. Mm. The movie buff horror. Uh, so, yeah, it is... Um, I've got the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray of it. And I believe it's on Prime. I think it is, yeah, because I looked, didn't I, when you Yeah, said... it is, because it's like the remastered version, so you've probably yeah. got a very a nice-looking version of it as well. So, yeah, that'll um, be good. Fade to black, yeah. That'll be an interesting one to talk about. Mm. I cannot remember a thing about it. I watched it once on VHS, way back when. I can remember the cover of the VHS as well, but I can't remember a damn thing about the film whatsoever. So good. That'll, that'll be interesting as we watch. Uh, right before we close off the show, I forgot... We did have an email through the contact uh, section on the website to do about the specialist. So I'm going to read it out. Uh, Dear 60MW, I try to watch whatever rewatch film you cover on the Decade of Decadence before the podcast comes out. And on hearing that you and Tom would be covering the specialist, I decided to buy it for £1.50 from CEX. Nice. Postage is £3, making that more expensive than the actual film. So what's the trouble in it when you like sort of yeah. get them through there? I saw it last night for the first time. Now, I think Eric Roberts is a hugely underrated actor. I know he's in pretty shit films these days. Blackbird, anyone? But early on in his career, he could have taken a right turn and ended up being an actor equal to his talent. Look at Star 80. He's truly amazing in that. But unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, he went down the action route. And although he makes a good bad guy, the films he ended up in ended him. But I digress. Here we go, mate. You ready for this? You excel in offering the listeners of the Decade of Decadence. We excel, mate. <coughs> oh, my God. Can I get through to the end of the show? My voice What's is happening? going... My throat is closing up. First, this is what happens when we... I think it's the first time we've had any praise, so... <laughs> I know. It's, 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 Dave's got some sort of allergic reaction to it. <laughs> I'm getting choked up. Um, you excel in offering the listeners of the Decade of Decadence an array of great but also bad films associated with that era, which piqued my interest in The Specialist, as I've not seen it. Now, I think the film could have been interesting, but as we all know, the narrative was all over the shop, leak, leaping about like a poodle with diarrhoea. But there is one thing about this film that makes it a must-see. No, not the German TV late-night sky when your mum and dad have gone to bed so you can have a crafty wank in a sock to the soft porn chat between Ray and May. <laughs> oh, God, that's a very horrifically accurate description. <laughs> that obviously is not Shazza in those clips stroking her bits. But the sex scene... I could write pages about it, the way Sly is posed like he's just been carved by Michelangelo, who loves veiny men. 
brackets, steady Dave. Shazza, <laughs> Shazza's pale pink nips glistening in the wet, humid wetness. There we go, mate, wetness again. The way they move rhythmically together in a crescendo. Hang on, who the fuck shags on the floor of a shower? It would be bloody freezing. I mean, if I got my missus and lowered her down on the shower floor, <laughs> if it was big enough, firstly, she'd ask me what the fuck I was playing at, wetting her hair. <laughs> Second, <laughs> secondly, she'd shout at the thought of any sperm being released in there. <laughs> and finally, there is no way I'd get her to lie down on cold tiles. Not sexy at all. Epic fail. Please prop. Please pick a proper film next time. Love the podcast. Signed, Rod Steiger's Scar. Thank you, Rod Steiger's Scar, <laughs> for the feedback. If anybody else has got feedback on the two films that we, you know, we've talked about, um, yeah, just let us know. <laughs> they, they like. They can't all be winners. What we pick, no. as we have often often found out but nothing is i think the only thing is harrowing for me uh in a film we've picked in the past as the shower scene in the specialist was cannibal holocaust yes yeah i agree it's just on the same sort of level the same level (laughs) real animal real animals being killed on screen yeah stallone's ass yeah equal mate equal in the shocking sense Right. Well, again, if you know, if you do want to give us any feedback, um, go to the website. I to... think. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm still haven't thought, finished. Actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I on, mean, we've literally on. watched a softcore porn with Stallone in. And you, you yeah. And if anybody doesn't know, Tom, famously, infamously, bought me the two-disc special edition of uh, Party at Kitty and Studs, watched, aka the Italian the Stallion. Watched it the first time we went around Ramrods, um, and that was a day after I'd met him for the first time ever. Yeah, and there we were watching softcore porn together. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but that was like I didn't have as visceral a negative reaction to him in that. Maybe mm. because it just was softcore porn, but like, this, yeah. but, you know, like the reference um, in that image, like like sculpted by Michelangelo and all of that sort of stuff. I think maybe it's because of that and how mm. it was all sort of framed and all of that. It was just, oh, I've got to eat after this. I need to stop talking about it. Just do the email stuff. <laughs> Where they can find it. You're trying to keep your appetite. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be picking at my food. Like, oh. <laughs> just imagine if I can ask. Is that like, I can ask? Oh, is it? Oh, no. Is it? Is it wet? Have some <laughs> I was going to say, is it wet? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> have some wet ham tom <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah then just think a slice ass <laughs> oh dear god let's yes 60mw.co.uk numerical 16 not alphabetical is the website everything's on there news reviews podcasts contact us form or you can email us direct contact at 60mw .co.uk Thank you for listening. We will be back <laughs> with a show at the end of this month with if, I feel, if we're feeling up to it. If we're feeling up to it. It won't have it won't have Sly's buttocks in it, thankfully. Uh, for of you, I don't know. You'll find a way. 
<laughs> right, mate, you go and try and eat something now. Yeah, get something. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I'll feel better soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon. And uh, yeah, good night. Good night. <laughs>